You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. How to improve water safety education so the recent spate of drownings doesn't happen again? I spoke with Chris Button about this question. Chris is a lecturer at the University of Otago and School of Physical Education. There's much more water competencies than just swimming. We can distinguish 15 different skills, for example, floating, breath control, underwater swimming and recognizing hazards. And in 2018, a woman survived 10 hours in the ocean by floating. I was in the water for 10 hours. So these wonderful guys rescued me. Your name is? Kay. I am very lucky to be alive. I was wondering how important is floating in reducing drownings? Oh, it's a good question, and I think it's it's absolutely fundamental. Probably the very first thing that we um, need to to learn how to float. Uh, unfortunately, in swimming, the attention tends to be more on how we can get from one place to another, from A to B, from the side of a pool to the other side, and very little time is spelled on is spent, sorry, on on teaching us how to float effectively. There are various ways to do that. Yeah, how do you do that? What is the right technique to float efficiently? So if you've fallen into water and it's cold water, then the advice is to float on your back initially. So to to lie on your back with your face out of the water. Um, And the reason for that is to get yourself accustomed to the cold water because you'll be experiencing cold shock. Now, if it's water that is um, uh, wavy or there's currents, rougher water, possibly you're out in the ocean and you're being maybe swept along by a rip, in that case, again, it's important to relax. And again, floating on your back is, is, is a good strategy. But it might also be important to um, then begin to look up and to find where you are and and, um, navigate yourself. Of those 15 competencies, which one is the, do you think, the most important one? Arguably, from water drownings, I would suggest that the knowledge of the environment is, is really crucial. So that's right up there, knowing, again, you know, about the uh, water temperature conditions and how they might change yeah most water competency lessons are done in swimming pools is this the right location or should we move them to more naturalistic environments yeah it's a complex issue and i think um a swimming pool is a good place to start it's where most of us i think start our competency journey um um, but unfortunately, for most people, it, it ends after having maybe learned to, to swim in a pool and then doesn't continue on beyond that. So um, I think the swimming pool is a good place to start. As I say, you can develop confidence. You know the environment's relatively predictable. There, It is supervised. So if you got into trouble, there's people to, to help look after you. Um, but not many people around the world are drowning in swimming pools, um, but more often drowning in open water. It does happen in pools, unfortunately, particularly private pools. But um, I think that the, the real problem is is when people then think that they can swim in a swimming pool and then try to, to swim out in the ocean or in, in, in lakes and rivers and 
in other open water locations where the conditions aren't as predictable or as comfortable, should we say, for swimming. Yeah, what would the ide- what would the ideal water safety education look like? How can we improve the contemporary system so that the tragedies of last week don't happen again? So I think what needs to happen is that um, a bit more attention needs to be paid to developing transferable water competencies. So ones that can be learned maybe initially in a pool, but then can be uh, practiced and, and perhaps adapted from water situations. So take floating, for example. It's fine to learn how to float on your back initially in a pool, but then it would be good, I think, to learn also how to do that and, um, if necessary, how to adapt it into perhaps a cold water such as a lake. Um, so it, it, I think education needs to concentrate on um, actually taking um, uh, learners into different aquatic environments and showing them how to adapt some of those skills. What about tourists or people visiting New Zealand? Um, like, mm. what do we do about that? They didn't have that education. Um, I think they need to know uh, where to go, where to go in terms of going to patrol there. That's one of the problems that we've seen in recent uh, weeks. People are not going to unpatrolled beaches or lakes, and um, you know when they get into trouble, there's no one there to to help rescue them. So. So first and foremost, uh, the advice that Surf Lifesaving New Zealand provide, which is to go and go to a patrol beach where they can swim between flags and, and be looked after, is really, really important. That was Chris Button, lecturer at the University of Otago. That was a 95BFM podcast. To hear more, head to 95BFM.com slash bcasts.